0: I mean, I was told by my film professor, there are films and there are movies, and sometimes you've got to know what you're walking into. Yeah. See, but I come from a time when movies were films. Good morning, movie friends, and welcome back to the Court Cinema Podcast. I'm your host, Logan. Here we talk about everything film and TV. If at any point during this episode you find yourself enjoying it or entertained even the slightest, then share it, review it. It keeps lights on, it keeps the fridge full. None of this is possible without you guys. I want to thank you for that. With that out of the way, go ahead and stop my app and start an episode on Priscilla from Sofia Coppola. Priscilla released November 3rd and comes to us from A24, the hit studio that everyone knows and loves. The film is written and directed by the critically acclaimed director Sofia Coppola. The film is also based on the memoir written by Priscilla Presley called Elvis and Me. Before I saw the film, I was definitely very intrigued to see how they were going to tackle this subject matter. Exploring such a complex dichotomy between Elvis Presley and Priscilla Presley was something that I was so interested to see adapted on the big screen, and this film does just that of offering such a complex romance storytelling that, is definitely going to be talked about for a very long time. I got a chance to go see it on Saturday, and it's safe to say that I am very impressed by what Sofia Coppola was able to do, yet also very underwhelmed that she didn't really tap into it as much as I would like to. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Earlier this year, I went to go see Past Lives from Celine Song, another A24 film, and before the film began, they played the trailer for Priscilla. And I saw it with my friend, and he told me, there's nowhere way they're making another Elvis movie this soon. And it's definitely understandable, seeing that we just got an Elvis biopic last year, Austin Butler gave an incredible Oscar-worthy performance, a movie that spanned throughout Elvis' entire life. That's definitely concerning coming here and saying it feels like they're just kind of profiting off of the name of Elvis. That's definitely how I went into this film, thinking in the back of my head, why are we getting another Elvis film this soon? And then I also just realized this is not an Elvis movie by any means. Henceforth, the name of this movie is Priscilla. It's based off of Priscilla's memoir. Jacob Lori doesn't even perform a single Elvis song in this movie. They don't even play an Elvis song in the soundtrack of this entire movie. It's not an Elvis film. It's purely Priscilla. It's purely from her point of view on this relationship. And that honestly is the big reason why I think this is better than the Elvis movie. It's not really about the large than life character that Elvis was, but more about the intimate relationship between Elvis and Priscilla. I mean, outside looking in, these are two people that are so larger than life, we idolize them, but it really brings it down to earth in this film, showing us that these people are human. They're very flawed, very sad and emotional humans. That also offers for a very emotionally complex and understood romance film with Priscilla, which I love so very, very much. Also I don't really see any other director being able to accomplish a film like this besides Sofia Coppola herself. This film definitely relates a lot to her previous film, Lost in Translation, which I watched earlier this year. Having the perspective be solely rooted in the eyes of Priscilla, which is so beautiful, vulnerable, and depressing. Her ability to explore the romance genre is just incredible. I mean, with films like Lost in Translation and this as well, the perspective of these characters is what really carries the films so strong, and this film translates to it perfectly. I think that what makes Priscilla so great isn't even Priscilla, the movie itself, but really just when you start to compare... Priscilla versus the Elvis movie we got last year. Just the perspective of how this relationship carried out is everything, I think, for this movie. When you get a chance to look at the Elvis film from last year and how Elvis is perceived in that movie, it's his movie, he's the protagonist, so he's seen as the everything character. I mean, that's just us really getting to know the rock star that we all know and love. And then the relationship with Priscilla in the movie is there. It's important since that is his wife, but it's not really as big as it should be when I look at Priscilla. I think in this movie, Elvis is really seen as more of a monster, more of the antagonist figure for this film. It's definitely some mutuality with this relationship but I think a lot of it is also very one-sided in different ways and also seeing the relationship for Elvis and Priscilla's marriage and everything in Priscilla versus the Elvis movie from last year is drastically different and just a lot of scenes are just so night and day. There's a couple scenes in particular that after I watched Priscilla I came home and watched those same scenes from Elvis and just seeing how they were filmed the tone for those scenes are just drastically different and it really kind of shies away from telling the truth of the relationship which is very very weird. Specifically in the Elvis movie when he first meets Priscilla and she's first introduced to the film it's very different seeing the way Priscilla carries herself and the way she just invokes emotions versus the way Priscilla handles that character. It's in my opinion a lot better. In the Priscilla movie it really hammers home just how big this relationship was because of their large age gap when elvis first met priscilla he was 24 and she was 14 something that may have been explored in the elvis movie but i don't remember that at all and that's something that's so big kind of swept that part underneath the rug which is definitely going to be something i look at negatively on that film moving forward There are some other sequences in Priscilla that I definitely think should have been explored in the Elvis movie that are very detrimental to his story that they just kind of shied away from just because it looked at him in a negative light. I don't think that's a good way to tell a biopic. I mean, yeah, sure, you're kind of having the last say on how we're going to perceive this character. I believe there should be some accountability for some of these writers and directors of these biopics to tell the story like it is, not how you want us to see it. There's many in history, like Bohemian Rhapsody also kind of shied away from some things that they shouldn't have shied away from and many others that just kind of cherry pick what they should or shouldn't be telling in this story and that's no way you should be telling a biopic at all Priscilla on the other hand I think definitely does tell the truth it's based off the memoir Priscilla also was involved with this movie so I definitely trust this movie more with telling the truth than something like Elvis the first half of this movie is so mystical it's very enchanted I mean it's Just telling the story from Priscilla's perspective, and Priscilla at the time was 14 years old, it was like she won the lottery. Every girl's dream at the time was to be with Elvis, and she won that ticket. Then really the second half of this film shows just how abusive Elvis is as she matures more. That being said, I don't think that the film is entirely anti-Elvis and pro-Priscilla. There's definitely some mutuality in showing that Priscilla was very arrogant in some of these instances as well, and that she could have definitely avoided if she just knew better. On top of the incredible themes and narrative, the acting for this film is no short of incredible as well. Jacob Elordi plays the part of Elvis so very, very well. Being able to switch from the very warm and tender to the very explosive and loud character that we all know and love is incredible. If you've seen Euphoria, then you definitely know that he can just switch from very calm to a very thunderous persona on an instant, which is what I love about his performance in Euphoria. And also here, he translates it very, very well. Being able to just turn it on and off at any point is just so impressive for an actor of his caliber. I wish he just got more roles. He needs more movies. He needs more shows to act in besides Euphoria and that very, very bad Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas film last year. Honestly, after Elvis and after Euphoria, I think that Jacob Elordi definitely has what it takes to be the next Jason Todd for the DCEU. I don't know how much I trust Andy Muschietti after The Flash, but if he's looking for any Robin, then it definitely should be Jacob Elordi, at least for Jason Todd. He has that physicality. He has the emotion. He's definitely the best choice, 100%. And while we're at it, if we're just going to keep on casting Robins for the new DC Universe, for Dick Grayson, go ahead and do Dylan O'Brien. He's definitely perfect for that role, and he's absolutely tired of doing the Maze Runner and Taylor Swift short music videos. No one wants that. Also, Kaylee Spaney, our lead actress for this film, gives an incredible performance. I've been in love with her since Pacific Rim Uprising, which didn't really work too well, but I've always been excited to see her in a new film, being able to show off what she can really do as an actress. She offers such incredible, subtle acting and such tender line delivery throughout this entire film. There's a lot of things to take into account for her to really sell this performance. I wouldn't be surprised if she gets an Oscar nomination early next year. Will it happen? Unlikely, but don't be surprised at all, because she just really knocks it out of the park this entire movie. A couple of other small highlights that I really, really loved was the costume design. Stacy Patet, I think, did an incredible job. Really being able to sell this era is done so well, As well as just being able to do the costume design for Elvis comes with its own set of challenges that she handled very, very well. On top of that, the directing from Sofia Coppola, no one's surprised here that it was absolutely incredible. Really, what she did that I noticed was holding the angle and just holding the facial performances on all of the actors is something that really brings the story together that she just was able to do so very, very well. On top of that, the soundtrack for this film is just absolutely incredible. It doesn't miss a single time. Definitely one of my favorite soundtracks from the year by far. Number one still probably Guardians 3, but this is definitely a close freaking second. That's for sure as good as this movie is and it has a lot of positives there's definitely some negatives that I feel like really drag it down from being incredible as it should be number one I think this movie is just too quick of pacing and just the editing is very disjointed and choppy the movie kind of goes in the order of one scene and then it maybe skips to a week later then two months later three months later a year and a half later it goes for about like I think ten 20 years maybe that definitely has its problems it's definitely adapted from a memoir you can tell that definitely holds it back from being a narrative feature that's why i say i was a little bit underwhelmed the ending of this movie feels a little bit too rushed i definitely think with maybe 10 or 20 more minutes this movie would be great and just a little bit slower pacing or just better structure in general would have made it better than it is another thing that i realized as i was writing this episode is that this film is built on Priscilla. This entire movie is Priscilla, and Kaylee Spaney has to carry that entire burden throughout its entire runtime, which has its problems for sure. When you look at a movie like Oppenheimer, the movie is definitely built on Oppenheimer, and you have other characters, like Matt Damon's character, and like the 30 other side characters in that movie that can help support him throughout the three-and-a-half-hour runtime, or whatever it is. In this film, that's not here, and that definitely is... One of its struggling factors that holds it back from being, once again, an incredible film, but instead makes it a little bit underwhelming. So what's my final take? Should you see this movie? Should you stay away from it? What's the deal? In my opinion, it's one of my personal favorites of the year, henceforth why I gave it a 4 out of 5. I think it's definitely worth seeing this one as a double feature to Elvis from last year, as well as it is a very interesting romance. It's definitely marketed as such, but in reality, you can argue that it's not that at all. If you're into romance films like Lost in Translation or even Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind to an extent, then this is definitely for you. But if you don't like those films and don't really like experimental films with the romance genre, then maybe stick with something like La La Land or When Harry Met Sally on behalf of everyone here at the Court of Cinema Main Studios, I do want to thank you for listening to this episode, showing it some love. If at any point you find yourself a little bit enjoyed by this episode, then like it, share it, review it, whatever you want to do. It keeps the lights on, it keeps the fridge full, it helps us out so much more than you actually believe. November is going to be a pretty stacked month for the show, I mean with just films like The Killer from David Fincher, The Marvels, which I'm not too excited for, and just a ton of other stuff like Napoleon. I'm so excited. I definitely have my work cut out for me just for the rest of the year and I just can't wait to unveil some of the projects we have coming your way. But until then, of course, I'm your host Logan, and I'll see you in the movies.